At position number 49 in the Spirit of Soho mural, right at the front, receiving a cheeky wink from Teresa Cornelis, one of his many girlfriends, is Giacomo Casanova. Born in Venice in 1725, Casanova lived a long, extraordinary life in many cities all over Europe, one of which was, of course, London. Although to many people today, he's mostly just known for being a prolific womanizer, he was so much more than that, as our guest today, Ian Kelly, will attest. Ian is an actor, historian, playwright and author, and wrote the 2008 biography, Casanova, Actor, Lover, Priest, Spy, which was subsequently adapted for the stage by Northern Ballet. That's some of the original music from the ballet by Kerry Muzzy that you can hear behind me. I spoke to Ian Kelly about Casanova on a socially distancing Skype call, which is why there are a few glitches in the audio. I began by reading out a list I'd found online of other jobs that could be attributed to Casanova, in addition to the four mentioned in the title of his book. Lawyer, clergyman, military officer, violinist, conman, pimp, gourmand, dancer, businessman, <laughs> diplomat, spy, politician, medic, mathematician, social philosopher, Kabbalist, playwright and writer. And you could also add to that list Freemason, father and convict or escaped convict. So who was Casanova? He, he would, I think, be shocked and maybe appalled by his modern uh, reputation and infamy, fiercely proud polymath and intellectual as he was. He is so much more than the legend that has accidentally come down to us. It's, it's one of those bemusing uh, accidents, really, of, of publishing that a man who, who did all that, as you were alluding to, but also, um, you know, wrote 42 books and several opera libretti and corresponded with Voltaire and Rousseau and Catherine the Great and Frederick the Great and Benjamin uh, Franklin, uh, didn't you meet him? Uh, Benjamin Franklin, uh, Samuel Johnson here, here in London, who, um, you know, spoke six languages and wrote in three or four of them. A man who travelled, it's been estimated, 78,000 kilometres in an era that it takes as long to travel in a day, a distance we'd now expect to travel in an hour. Um, you know, why a man who did all of them is largely only remembered for shagging, shagging around quite a lot and then um, ill-advisedly writing about it. And it's just kind of an accident. Uh, late in life, he wrote a long personal memoir not intended for publication, which was sort of everything I remember of my life. Not many people tell us as much about, oh, I don't know, uh, what the food is like in Covent Garden in 1763. Lovely little details of life. But he does also tell you quite a bit about his sex life. Although it's not as, you know, epic or gargantuan as people tend to think. Came across one other historian who bothered to uh, note that Byron has more sex in two years in Venice than Casanova alludes to in an entire lifetime. And, um, you know, he's <laughs> travels an awful lot. He's constantly on the move, pretty much, and uh, tends to have, you know, affairs wherever he goes. So there's a couple of them in London, for instance. Anyway, this, uh, this memoir was, uh, was kind of semi-lost, was published uh, way after his death, and the first bits of it that were mistranslated from the original French into German and then into English were published as sort of erotica because they just took out some of the kind of racy stories and published that. And that's what begins, in effect, our misunderstanding. Casanova is a, a truly fascinating uh, polymath, but he bothered to write about um, everything. And uh, as a result of that, we have this embarrassment of, of riches and arguably uh, 
modern memoir. So would he still have been the figure that he is if it wasn't for all the uh, bedroom activity? I mean, he, he did a lot of stuff. My head was spinning after I read that Wikipedia article. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's dazzling. He's completely uh, astonishing. You're kind of thinking he's, you know, he's restless as well. It's like, you know, you know, really, you know, settled to something. But it's, here, here's the irony. Uh, he spent all his life trying to be taken seriously as a writer. He finally does have a, uh, a literary reputation, but based around a private memoir he didn't intend to publish. He had one minor literary success in his lifetime, which was the Histoire de ma fuite, the history of my escape, because he had escaped from the Doge's prison yes. in Venice. This is a fantastic story. story. We haven't really got time to do a full kind of run through of his life, which I, I'd love to do that, but um, I don't think we've got time for that. I'm going to quickly summarise by saying he's born in Venice, did loads of stuff, then went to prison for a reason, and then he escaped. Could you tell me about why he went to prison and about the escape? Venice, very worldly, uh, but also a you know repressive uh, culture in some regards. He was banged up by the Venetian Inquisition, and what they had against him was that he had a collection of illicit books about um, alchemy and uh, the Kabbalah, sort of Jewish mysticism, and so on. He's arrested, uh, they find these books, and he's given five years solitary confinement, dear Lord, in the Doge's prison, which is in the attic space of the Doge's palace, bizarrely, in Venice. And in brief, um, Casanova escaped. And it's a wonderful um, story and uh, was very much, you know, an exciting chapter of the book, as you can imagine. It was long doubted. It was sort of thought, well, you know, this is this is one of his tall tales. Uh, but I've seen the, um, the files of the Venetian Inquisition exist to this day. And uh, amongst other things, you can see the damage that was done to the roof um, as he escapes that has to be repaired subsequently. But in any event, as a result of that, he spends most of the rest of his life an exile from his beloved Venice, which is what takes him, in effect, eventually to uh, London in 1763. So he's on the mural. I do know that he had a child with another person on the mural, Teresa Cornelis, but that was before his time in Soho, wasn't it? Well, she's brought up here. Um, uh, Sophie uh, Cornelis, the daughter, uh, Sophia or Sophie, she, uh, she ends up actually at Cheltenham Ladies College, of all things, having um, been brought up in, in Soho. But um, Casanova grew up around the Venetian theatre and the theatre um, owner, Imer, had a daughter called Teresa Imer and they'd known each other all their lives, both children of the theatre. Indeed, just possibly, they shared the same father. But in any event, uh, they had an affair. Teresa went off on a whole other career as a singer and ultimately as a club promoter, really, um, here in Soho. And she ran um, uh, an outfit called Carlisle House, uh, which wasn't exactly a club in the modern sense, but then again, it was in that it was for profit and it was um, musical evenings, very often masked, masquerade, sort of Venetian style on uh, what is now the site of the, um, the Catholic Church uh, on the sort of the east side of Soho Square. And it was opposite what was then the Venetian embassy. So it was quite a Venetian part of town, really very fashionable. It was and, quite new uh, then, wasn't it, Soho Square? Yeah, it's, it's, it's on the fringes of. So you get you know north of Oxford Street and you're into you know open fields. And when Casanova arrived here in London in the June of 1763, he, um, he went to see his old girlfriend, writing, I think, to be introduced to the daughter uh, they shared, they had, who was about 10 years old at the time. However, Teresa was having none of it. 
thought of him as a bit disreputable, didn't really fancy him being involved in the upbringing uh, of, uh, of his daughter. And um, he spent about uh, somewhere between nine months and a year in London living on Al back and forth to um, Spitalfields and the city. Casanova gives this wonderful impression of what London is like in the 1760s. Um, uh, cosmopolitan, internationally uh, connected, polyglot, all these um, uh, immigrants, uh, persons of African descent, a whole Italian artistic community. So it's a wonderful little insight into how sort of uh, global London uh, was even in the 1760s, and Soho in particular, because that's where he was repeatedly forth to with uh, Teresa Cornelis, going to events at Carlisle House. Um, and then because he fell in love with a Soho-based uh, French courtesan called Marianne Charpillon, who broke his heart, for which reason he went to commit suicide. And uh, it's a strange moment in the memoirs. He loaded his long coat with um, gunshot and also the pebbles that you could pick up from the piazza in Covent Garden uh, so that he would drown more efficiently. He goes to Westminster Bridge, newly built, and goes to jump off the parapet there into the river. And he is saved from his suicidal intent by the fabulously christened Sir Wellbore Ellis Agar, who is famous for nothing in uh, life and art other than rescuing Giacomo Casanova. However, he takes him to Covent Garden for a slap-up meal to kind of cheer him up on Cockspur Street. And it's a telling little detail because it's, as recorded by uh, Giacomo Casanova, one of the earliest mentions of roast beef and Yorkshire pudding being served in London as, as it were, you know, British soul food, if you will. So that gives you some, some sense of the, the wonderful way that tends to mix personal drama and uh, intense sort of um, social history detail, usually wrapped up in a love affair and sometimes, you know, politics as well. I kind of think also uh, it was a really exciting time to be alive. Ideas were exploding in the, in the way that, you know, the economy in the big city was as well. And London, uh, which he loved, he said how, you know, open and, and well-organised and, uh, and clean, can you imagine, uh, it was. And apart from the snobbery of uh, the uh, British, he just loved it. He was a man who was off his moment because he's so alive to this, you know, explosion of, um, of new ideas in the 18th century. You mentioned before that he wrote this memoir that wasn't intended for publication. This is the thing that he wrote when he was the, a librarian in Czech, uh, in Bohemia. Is that right? Yeah, it, it's a sad end in its way. I mean, he's a great bibli bibliophile. He's run out of money and getting older, and he gets given a, a sinecure, a job looking after the library of Count Volstein, who had a castle in Bohemia, in Dutschkopf. And um, he was many decades there, terribly depressed. And his doctor suggested he, he writes his memoir just as a sort of a... I think it's described as a sort of a, a, an aid for his melancholia. Therapy, basically. And he writes, he writes, he writes, he writes. And the servants said that he could sometimes write sort of um, 16 hours a day. And he ends up with um, thousands and thousands of uh, closely written details of his life. I mean, when it is not published in its entirety, it should be said, until the 1960s. Then you get everything and it runs to, to 12 volumes. It's preposterous and unpublishable. And it was never really the point. He showed bits and pieces of it to, to friends, but um, we can't help thinking that he wouldn't have told so many tales that didn't reflect very well on him uh, had he ever intended it to be, to be out there. But it's raw in its way. And for that, I sort of applaud him. 
he, like us all, was um, perplexed by the the chaos that comes into our lives through uh, love uh, and indeed lust and sex. But he's very brave about that because there aren't many uh, writers I've come across who write quite a lot about romantic failure, about sexual failure. Uh, a man in his personal memoir writing about uh, about losing erections uh, in the middle of love, that sort of thing. Uh, he's a great sensualist. He's a great food writer. And he likes to give those details. And he's an old man remembering what it was often to be in love. And it's very moving in its way because of that. Uh, it is that sort of history that takes you to the close human detail of life as it was once lived. So I tend to think of him as I'm walking through Soho. Mm -hmm.